Hello and welcome to This One Good Life podcast, where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Bryant Johnson. We are so glad you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are slowing down to explore this word that is in our title, uh, good. Yeah, good. It's good. That's pretty much the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Yeah, this word, uh, you know, it's a word I I don't think we take lightly by any means, Stephen. I I think it's got a lot of meaning and depth to it, Um, but it also kind of speaks into how we go about our lives and live our daily lives. And maybe maybe as we we chat, we'll develop a deeper understanding, at least of what you and I um, think about and reflect on when we talk about the word good. And, And hopefully that will transition into our audience's understanding for their own lives as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, <clears throat> unfortunately, the the word good has sort of turned into a throwaway word. Um, it, it's not a word that we use, I feel at least, with, with a lot of intentionality. Uh, I, I think a lot of times it's a throwaway word that sort of um, can come across as, as synonymous with maybe, maybe uh, not mediocre, but maybe one step above mediocre. Average. Like, oh... Yeah, average. That's right. Yeah, it's it's like it's a solid B minus, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a solid B minus. Um, but you know, when we were talking about this podcast several several months ago and starting to to kind of build that idea, one one word that just consistently came up, or, or a phrase at least, was uh, a good life. Um, and you know, I I think a lot of times we. Uh, hear the word good, and for me at least, I go back to that business book uh, from Good to Great, and and it's like good isn't quite good right. enough, yeah. um, and uh, we you know we sh- there there should be something that we're always looking towards something bigger, something better. Um, I I I think that might be more of a consumerist mindset than a um, intentional living mindset. Yeah, this is, um, and I'm not sure where all, all it comes from. Certainly it's marketing, certainly it's culture, certainly it's, um, you know, just, just this world we live in. But there's always this sense that, that we have to be better than we already are. Um, yeah. That if we have this next thing, um, that that will improve our life, that um, what we currently have, own, belong to is not sufficient or not enough. Um, and that just continually puts pressure, um, to move from this place of good, um, into a Uh place of great, into a place of better, into a place of best. And there's always that pressure to, to move forward. And I think a lot of folks, um, well, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I, I think we struggle with that. I think it, um, it becomes really difficult to get through the day when we feel like, well, you know, I didn't quite nail it today. It should have been perfect. Uh, I messed yeah. this up. I made that mistake. Gosh. And I, it's totally fine <laughs> to address mistakes. Totally <laughs> fine right, to address yeah. failures. Um, totally fine to look at that. But the pressure to always be great um, yeah, throughout the right. day or at everything we do um, just is, uh, it's tiring. It's exhausting. It's not one that any, I mean, really, that any of us can live up to successfully day after day. Yeah. Well, for me, it, it reminds me of... Um, one of the verses from one of the great prophets of the uh, of the twentieth century, um, Mick Jagger, yeah, said, uh, <laughs> "I can't get no satisfaction." Right? 
<laughs> I mean, because that that that's what it is, right? If we're always looking toward greater, better, best, and we never find ourselves satisfied with good, then then we really are we we really never find satisfaction. Um, it's this it's this clawing, it's mm. this drive, it's this push. And you know, last week we talked about Sabbath. Um, and and about how Sabbath is a time of rest, and when when it's always about great, if it's always about better or best, then then it's very hard to rest in what yeah. is good. Yeah, and there's tension. Um, it creates so much tension. Uh, a lot of uh, sports figures have said things. Uh, Michael Jordan has said this. Tiger Woods has said this. They've all said in their own words that they know um, they practice. They play the game harder and harder every single time. They continue to practice their skills because they know they can always be better than they currently are. Yeah, right. And I think just there's some real tension in that because I I want to be better at things that I do. Um, yeah. And that creates tension between like, am I working just to do this with with excellence and mm-hmm. to be better at it, or am I working to be great and like um, put on a show maybe, or have other people acknowledge my greatness in the middle of it? That's um, right. And that creates yeah. a lot of lot of tension. I think for for me personally, I want to live day to day content. Yeah, and if yep, I'm worried right. <laughs> and stressed and trying yeah. to figure out how to be great in the light of the world around me, um, or in the eyes of of the neighbor next door, right? Um, yeah, I will not be content. I will always be frustrated. Yeah. I will always not. Um, I will never be enough to be great in the eyes mm-hmm. of others. Um, in that sense, and in all sense of contentment and being at peace with who I am in daily life. Uh, ceases to exist in that very moment. Yeah. Um, and gosh, uh, as much as much as that uh, sometimes drives me, I want to be at peace with myself, <laughs> yeah. with my home, with yep. my family. I want to live uh, content um, with the life that I've been given. Yeah. Um, and the pressure to be great um, gets in the way of that every single time. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Tiger Woods. I mean, <clears throat> what, a, what, what an incredible example of someone who uh, pushed and pushed and pushed and was pushed and pushed mm-hmm. and pushed towards greatness. And, and you know, by every measure, he achieved greatness, right? And, and was at the absolute top of his game. But here's what I know about great. Um, it's fleeting. You are only the best until you're not. And, and there will be a time when you're not the best. There's always um, somebody else who's going to come behind you and be better always. at whatever it is you do. Always, and and that's that's beautiful, right? I mean, the, you know, it's 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 not it's not stuck. It's not it's not static. Um, but if your if your satisfaction and your joy and your contentment in life is based on being great or being the best, then you are always going to be disappointed. And I think that's why uh, part of the reason why we chose this idea of good life for the podcast is because 99.9% of us will never be the best at anything. Uh, Probably close to that number will never be truly great at anything. And that's okay, right? I mean, that's, that's just fine. Um, And I think it's coming from two angles. Um, 
I think I think we have this push from two angles. One is from inside of us because we've been trained our whole life and kind of been taught our whole life uh, to strive to be the best. Um, so we have this inner kind of volcano that's always kind of bubbling, trying to, 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 to push, push out. And then we have the outside, whether it's bosses or family or neighbors or friends or, or, or whatever the outer expectation is, that's constantly pushing uh, as well. And it's very hard just to go, I'm content. Um, because the way our culture is built, if you're content, the, the next step is laziness. Um, uh, sort of, I think, in our kind of cult, in our, in our kind of paradigm. Uh, and man, I just don't think that's yeah. true. I, I, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's right. I, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> when you were, you were talking about, uh, you know, I don't think any of us are going to be the best immediately. And as silly as it is, I think, it, I think we can go down this road for a minute. Um, I immediately thought, ah, I'm pretty stinking good at a pizza buffet, man. <laughs> I know we've mentioned that before, but I'll take anybody at a pizza buffet. And, uh, oh, and I awesome. bet, I bet I can hang <laughs> with just about anyone. Um, but as silly as that is, the pressure is not just from the other people around us. It's the pressure from ourselves as well, yeah. because, yeah. um, I, yeah. and we've joked before, but I love a I love a solid pizza. Uh, I, I love a bad pizza. Yeah. Um, and the pressure to have another slice is not about other people. It's about like, I'm going to get as much as I possibly can. Cause that stuff's good and I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it. And I'm going to take it. And every time I feel worse. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And I think there's some of that in us as well. Um, the pressure is not just to be great in the eyes of those around us, but um, also in our yeah. in our own eyes. I think we we hold ourselves yeah. to a standard that sometimes is unachievable, um, and that mm-hmm. that's not fair in just the same way. And so we feel like, gosh, if I had more of that, or if I was better at that, then I will. Th- think better of myself and be more, um, more pleased with who I am. Um, and that even that is an empty pursuit. Um, that's right. It really is. Um, it's a place that leaves us probably frustrated and empty. Um, maybe lonely is a a thing that comes up in that when we are just striving Uh for this thing. Um, and I don't want to get into health issues, but I think that's part of the drive around like food disorders um, right. Oh, gosh, is that, yeah. Like, yeah. and it's self-inflicted. Um, and there's much more to it. I, I don't want to oversimplify this, this very complex, um, things, but there's a drive that's personal, um, to be better, to mm-hmm. be different in a new way, um, that leads us to something that is empty. Um, yeah. Well, there's this, you know, to, uh, talking going deeper on some of this. I mean, there's this sort of Greek archetype of, of of the perfect, right? Um, there, there's this idea that that the perfect is is attainable, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a there's a Western thought that that undergirds so much of uh, if you're in a Western culture that undergirds so much of our kind of philosophical understanding. If you're if you're in religion, if you're if you are uh, you know in Western Christianity. This this Western kind of Platonic thought uh, and idea of perfection is totally woven all in through uh, Christianity, especially uh, the reading of the New Testament, and uh, it's really set us up for uh, disaster. Uh, it's set us up for uh, lives that are that are uh, uh, lived on a hamster wheel uh, instead of lives that are lived. Um, 
looking around, breathing in, soaking up all the goodness. I mean, you know, let's let's just go back to the beginning, right? If you go back to Genesis, we talked about Exodus last week. Let's talk about <laughs> Genesis this week. If you go back to Genesis, um, you know, the 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 Bible gives that narrative story, that creation myth. And every at the end of every one of those days of creation, God looked at creation and said, "This is good." Um, that's I, I you know if if you are if you are of the Christian faith or or, or, or Jew uh, if you're a Jew, um, that's the place you have to start. Is that that there's a baseline of goodness that's all around us, and we can get into theologies of of you know sin and the fall. And uh, personally, I have a I have some different understandings of that, but. Um, the baseline is goodness, uh, and and we don't have to do anything uh, to to have that baseline there. Uh, in in terms of, we don't have to create anything. We don't have to add anything to it. Uh, and one of my favorite places to 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 get that is just going out and being in nature, mm-hmm. um, going out and and being with the trees and the bugs and the animals. And uh, we we have this. Um, we have a couple of gardens in our front yard, and my favorite thing to do in the afternoons and early in the morning uh, is to go out, and right now especially, there are uh, the monarch caterpillars uh, out uh, all over our milkweed, and uh, uh, just seeing them grow from itty-bitty and microscopic little caterpillars, and now they're the big fat ones, you know, that you just kind of want to squeeze them because they, they, they just look... They just look fluffy, and uh, of course, don't do that because you'll kill your monarch caterpillars. <laughs> but they got the little suction cup feet, and they they just look so cute. And just to watch them grow, and just knowing that this little guy out here on on one of our milkweeds, any day now, he's gonna roll himself up into a cocoon, and he's gonna begin that that process that will turn him into a, a beautiful monarch butterfly. God, man. I mean, I didn't have to pay a dime to 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 go out and just experience goodness. Um, yeah. So so move that for me. Move that from like acknowledging um, that the world around you is good. Yeah. Um, to acknowledging that um, you were good. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, you know, if, if I'm thinking about it from a, a faith perspective, uh, I'm made of the same things that that caterpillar is made of. I'm made of the same things that that milkweed and the grass and the dirt and the trees and the leaves and, and all those things. We're all made of the same stuff. You know, I, I love that phrase. We're all made mm-hmm. of stardust. Uh, I, I love that. And, and you know, from a, a faith perspective, we are all... Um, we're all made uh, by the same by the same creator, by the same artist, by the same author. Uh, and so... For that reason, uh, I believe we have intrinsic goodness. Now, um, do we have the potential to to mess that up? Absolutely. Um, but I, I just, I'm, I'm of the firm belief that if we were made, and our Creator looked at us and said, "You, not only you were good, but you were very good," right? They use that, use that double um, toe of toe. Uh, then, then I'm good, and 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 that's that's. I, I don't have to leave that up to myself or anyone else to determine. Uh, from a from a faith perspective, if God said that I am good, then then that settles that, and uh, everything else is cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think where some people sit is that they've been told um, told long enough how whatever whatever long yeah. 
you know, how, whatever that time frame is. Yeah. They've been told long enough that they're not good. Um, mm-hmm. and that, um, they're not good enough and that, um, who they are is not sufficient. Um, and the challenge that lies there, I think is, um, that if we don't think of ourselves as good, um, it's really difficult to think of others as good as well. Um, and I just right. want to acknowledge that before we move into, a, uh, you know, some conversation about, um, next steps what, what do we do about this, um, sort of stuff. But, um, it becomes really difficult to acknowledge um, the goodness around us, um, the good that mm-hmm. exists and people beside us, um, when we struggle to recognize it in ourselves, I think it leads us to a place of like second guessing people's comments or, or motives, right. um, second guessing, um, what's, what's driving them or, um, why they said that thing to us or said this thing to us. I think it puts us in a position to really evaluate other people in unfair, mm-hmm. <laughs> in unfair ways yeah. because we're constantly evaluating whether or not we're good enough. Um, so it just right. gets inflicted on other people. Um, and that's a hard, that's a hard place to be. And it's hard to move out of that space. Um, if that's a place that you live in where you've been told you're not good enough and maybe those words have come from others, maybe they've come from yourselves or yourself. Um, it's a tough transition to begin thinking about, um, being good, um, as, as yourself. It makes me think of that Saturday Night Live skit. Um, uh, Stuart (laughs) Stuart Smalley. Smalley. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're good enough. Doggone it. People like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And doggone it, people like me. I think it's okay uh, to remind ourselves that, that that stuff, as silly as the skit was, it's still necessary right. uh, to remind ourselves yeah. that we are good because the, the implication is that if, if we feel good about who we are, we will feel good about who others are as well. That's right. Yeah, when, when I see someone lashing out, uh, when I see someone attacking other people, when I see someone who's perpetually criticizing and unhappy with others, um, the fr- and I tell my kids this, my kids will come home, and they'll be like, Dad, so-and-so was so mean, and they were just, they were saying mean things about me and about other people, and they were picking. And the first thing I tell my kids is, the very first thing every time, man, that stinks. They must not be very happy mm-hmm. with themselves. And, and, and to help, <clears throat> I try to help my kids understand from a baseline, if someone is lashing out, if, some, if someone's being perpetually mean, uh, if someone is, is constantly pushing others in negative ways, then, then the place you have to start is not their action, but the source of that action, which is a dissatisfaction with, with ourselves. Right. And, and I, I'm, I, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you find yourself, consistently lashing out at others, pushing others, never being satisfied with others, always seeing the wrong in others. Um, I, I want to encourage you, stop looking at everyone else and say, what about my life am I unhappy yeah. with? Yeah. Uh, because that's where it starts. Um, that's where it starts every time. And the inverse is also true. If, if you're a person who finds goodness all around you, if you find goodness in the people, if you, if you build people up, lift them up, uh, affirm them, uh, and, and, and find goodness in them, then more than likely you're happy with yourself yeah. and you found goodness inside yeah. yourself. Um, and both, both are true. Um, so I, most of the time our, our critiques and judgments of others have very, have less to do with them and more to do with yeah. us. Yeah. I think, I, well, I was gonna say every time, but 
those absolutes are uh, are never accurate. Yeah, right. they're never accurate. <laughs> Sometimes right. it there's always an exception. <laughs> Sometimes it just is the other person, um, but probably most of the time not. Um, yeah. So one of the things I, I think we have to acknowledge within ourselves um, and for our own lives is, is this idea that um, good enough is um, is well, uh, it's good enough, and that, that that's right. Yeah, that alone is sufficient. Um, yeah. To, to put the pressure, like we were talking about, to be better and better and better and better will never be good enough at that point. Um, yeah. And having what you have is, is good enough. Being who you are is good enough. Um, acknowledging um, your strengths and, and weaknesses is good enough. Mm-hmm. Being, um, being content with those things, I think, is good enough. Looking at your salary yeah. and saying, that's sufficient. Um, and finding yeah, ways to right. do that is, is good enough. Um, engaging in your relationships, um, whether they're um, strong at the moment or weak, whether you've got relationships that mm-hmm. need, need some work, to just know that it's okay. Like where it is now yeah. is okay. Um, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we don't work on things that need to be improved, whether they're personal or engaged with others. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm suggesting um, that to be content with who we are mm-hmm. and where we are, it requires, it, it really does. It requires that we start with, okay, I, I am good enough um, with yeah. all the challenges and weaknesses and strengths that I bring to the table. That is good enough um, to get through this day and get through tomorrow. Does that, does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, if you're listening to this podcast, hear the phrase good enough as not a sign of me- mediocrity. It's not subpar. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll use that term and say, well, it's good enough to get by. That's not what we're talking about. Good enough really means that it is good enough, There, meaning there is no nothing else that's needed, right? Enough means that you need nothing else, um, that there's no more to add to it. And so it's not a sign of mediocrity. Um, and, and, you know, the flip side of it, too, is... is a lot of people achieve quote unquote greatness or are they are they excel and that's great too if you want to excel excel but do it because you are passionate about something do it because you love something do it because you have energy and drive and excitement about something not because you have to achieve something to prove yourself uh, or, or or to show that you're good enough because you are good enough um, if if you want to if you want to thrive, if you want to excel, if you want to, if you want to be a rocket that shoots out of the atmosphere, that's fantastic. But do it because you have love and enthusiasm and excitement and desire. Don't do it to prove yourself, um, but because it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. It's the um, personal motivation, right? The drive to impact others and to have that that yeah. positive impact on others. I think that's the place where it's okay to really push. And um, yeah. and want to be better because it will be um, the depth of love or care or concern that will be um, experienced by somebody else close to you would be yeah, would be improved right. on. But if the drive is like, well, I'm going to be better than you, uh, then forget yeah. it. You're wasting your time. It's fruitless. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's exactly right. Um, I think for me too, uh, a, f- a few things I would say in terms of how we think about. This idea of good. Uh, one is uh, try not to care too much 
uh, a lot of times we take ourselves entirely too seriously. Uh, we care way too much. We care about what others think. We care about um, making making some kind of impact. We care about uh, uh, what others see, what others think about us. Uh, we care about legacy. And, and sometimes we just care too much. So the first thing I would say is stop caring so much. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Um, give yourself a break. Uh, the second thing uh, I would say is intentionality. Uh, while you shouldn't care too much, we should try to be intentional about what we do. We, we only have one life. Um, and so let's make the most of it, not fill it up with, you know, meaningless pursuits and, and trying to uh, make everyone else think that we're something. Uh, but be intentional about the things we love, about the relationships we're in, about the pursuits that we that really do give us energy and that do bubble up passion inside of us. Um, and also think a lot of a lot of the idea of good uh, is about our mindset. Um, a lot of these ideas uh, uh, about living a good life is about having a mindset of goodness. Uh, you will see what you look for. If you wake up every day and you say, uh, and this is why I think theology is, is important. Um, some people say, oh, theology is not important. I think theology is insanely important for, for if no other reason, this one. If you wake up with a mindset every day that you think the world is bad, that you think the world's going to hell in a handbasket, if you think that people are intrinsically evil and bad and, and uh, are, are, are uh, faulty, if, if that's your baseline mindset, whether it's theological or just philosophical, you will see fault in everything. You will see bad in everything. You will have a hard time seeing goodness. However, if you wake up every day with this idea that there's goodness all around us, that the world is full of good things and good people, and yeah, there's bad stuff, but, but there's more good than bad. If that's what you look for each day, that is what you will see. Um, it, 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 so much of it depends on what you're looking for. So I want to encourage you, start looking for good. Uh, be present. Don't look behind you and think about what all's happened. Don't look in front of you thinking about, oh my gosh, what, what could happen? Stop and look at what's around you and look for the good. And I guarantee you, you will see goodness around you. The only thing I would add is determine determine your trajectory. Um, I love yeah. the, the game of golf and I'm terrible at it. Um, I know <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous. I know if like my pinky toe flexes when I swing, I'm in the woods, man. Mm. Um, if the ball <laughs> yeah, goes beyond right. 10 yards, right? I'm in the woods. <laughs> um, I think it's the same with um, your trajectory early, early on and decide, you know, for me, I don't want to live on a trajectory of regret. Um, whether that's at the, the silly pizza buffet <laughs> and learning self-control or in relationship with people around me. Um, I just don't want to live in a way that the end result is regret. I want, a, truly, I have used this word a couple times, I want to live in a way that I'm on a trajectory of content. Um, and that, that is a daily decision. Um, to do the things that we've already talked about, it might even be more than it might be a it might be a moment by moment decision, right? Because there there are going to be sometimes when when things are are bad, uh, there are going to be sometimes when things are just not good, uh, and in those moments uh, we have to make a decision. Uh, we have to make a decision in those moments 
Uh, are we going to let uh, this negative moment uh, uh, set our trajectory for us? Or are we going to find the goodness and let that set the trajectory for us? That's exactly right. <laughs> Stephen, this week we received a, a couple comments and questions on social media uh, about this idea of good. Yeah. Every week we, uh, we'll, we'll put out some uh, a question or some thoughts uh, to you, our listening audience, uh, for you to engage with us on, on our topic and, and hopefully have your comments uh, uh, talked about uh, and addressed and mentioned uh, on on the show. Uh, you can always interact with us on social media on Facebook at This One Good Life or email us at info at thisonegoodlife.com. Uh, and this week, uh, one of our uh, listeners, he's been one of the listeners from uh, pretty much day one, uh, a guy named Craig, uh, has jumped in. He said, the, the question we ask is, where do you see good uh, in your life? Uh, and he says, seeing excitement and pure joy on my biological kids or my students' faces. Uh, I feel the presence of God uh, in those moments. Uh, Craig's a, a band director, uh, so he's working with kids day in and day out. Obviously, he has two he has two kids of his own as well, uh, and uh, just just seeing joy and goodness uh, on on kids' face and uh, as as tough as I know teaching is. It's, uh, you know, if you're a teacher, that's, that's a hard job. Uh, week in, week out, tons of kids, uh, underpaid. Uh, but, uh, you know, to see, to see growth, to see joy, to see, uh, learning, uh, is so important and so good. And, uh, it brings goodness in, in Craig's life. Uh, Brian, what about you? What, what, what brings joy? What brings goodness? What, what, where do you see good in your life? Um, yeah, so we've, we've got this new little boy, uh, yep. to our family, right? Um, and in the middle of <clears throat> crying and tears and, uh, late nights and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, life is taking place. Yeah. Changes are happening despite our, uh, our best or worst efforts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is good. Yeah. Um, we, he rolled over the other day, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> we did not cause that. There's no effort on our part to yeah. teach him how to do that. And even if we did, he would look at us like, okay, just give me a bottle. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so all those transitions, those changes, all of that is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, did, didn't they sort of say it on Jurassic Park uh, or basically allude to it on Jurassic Park? Life will happen. Uh, wh- no matter what you do, life will happen. It does. That's exactly right. So good. Well, and and if uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, uh, Preston uh, decided to uh, have a uh, all night party uh, at 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 uh, the Johnson House. What from two thirty on, Brian? Is that right? Yeah, two thirty five. Yeah. yeah, it was. You know, if we were ravers, it would have been uh, normal. I <laughs> need some glow sticks and glitter, man. Glow sticks and glitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, um, you know, the, the the easy answer, and I think the best answer is exactly what Bryant just said. Uh, I, I see it in my kids. I see it in my family. Um, I, I've, I, every day, and I enjoy the work I do. I enjoy the people I meet with. But every day, uh, I work to get to see them again. Uh, when, when, when they leave to go to school and, and, and work and things, uh, my, my number one goal is to get back to see them again. Uh, I just, 
I just love my family. I, I love being with them, and, and that that brings so much good um, in my life. I I think beyond that, uh, I, I find a lot of goodness in in the thoughts of others. Getting into conversations or or reading books or, or listening to podcasts, uh, there's something that just brings goodness in my life uh, when when I can hear the the thoughts and the stories and the narratives of others. Um, hear hear those things and and to be invited into into those thoughts and ideas and stories, um, that that for me just brings so 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 much goodness. Uh, and like I said earlier, nature. Uh, I, I love being outside. I grew up in rural Northeast Alabama, so uh, I didn't realize how important trees were to me until I uh, until I left uh, that more rural part of the of the. Um, of the state, and uh, I've got lots of trees around me, uh, and I take every chance I get just to kind of breathe that in. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, Craig, thank you for your for your comment. Uh, and uh, again, we we would love to uh, hear from you uh, each week uh, through the different social media uh, outlets, or you can certainly email us at uh, this one good life uh, info at this one good life and finally this week, we will dive into some of mine and Bryant's recommendations for you all. Yeah, this is a time where we share some of the good stuff that we're discovering in our lives, um, and we hope we'll add beauty and goodness to yours. That's right. So uh, for me this week, uh, surprise, surprise, I'm going to recommend a book. Um, <laughs> but this is not just any book. This is not a book to read for information. Uh, this is a book that is actually a process. It's a it's a guided process, uh, and there's actually a workbook that goes with it that I'm going to recommend as well. Uh, the book is called Designing Your Life. It's by a guy named Bill Burnett, and or by two guys named Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. Uh, they are professors uh, out at Stanford, and uh, they teach a course based on design theory. Uh, out at Stanford, and it is the most popular course uh, in all of Stanford University. Uh, it uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have taken this course, and and the whole idea is using design theory uh, to look at your life and to create to not to manufacture, but to set your priorities uh, and set your trajectories, like we were talking about earlier, uh, to be a life that you want. Not a life that's thrust upon you, not a life that other people tell you you should want, but you look at the things that you love, that give you energy and passion and desire, uh, the things that, that, that help you wake up in the morning, and then you design your life around those sorts of things. Um, so I'm, I'm actually in the middle of the book right now, so I can't do a review of it. Like, like you said last uh, couple times ago about the Pagels book, uh, I'm in the middle of it, but what I'm reading and what I'm finding so far is, is just so helpful. Um, and to put process and intentionality around uh, designing a good uh, a life and designing a good life uh, has been really uh, fun and exciting. So I'm recommending the book uh, as well as the workbook that, that goes along with it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think, Stephen, you and I are both pretty avid readers um, and constantly taking in new information. And that's another place where I find good mm-hmm. um, is opening my eyes to other perspectives and other other views. Um, my own are my own, um, mm-hmm. but they're very limited. Um, right. So I, I love that there's always always some book recommendation <laughs> that we're contributing. Uh, always. We, we certainly don't expect everyone to read every book, Rick, uh, but um, you can always count on at least, at least there being one 
one book That's to right. read in the middle of that. Um, and my recommendation uh, this week is a movie from 1997, uh, 21 years old. Crazy that it's been mm. that long ago. Um, but Goodwill Hunting, um, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. Um, and it really is uh, this young man, Matt Damon's character's exploration of of who he is and being good enough as he is and exploring what, what he has been gifted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a sense, uh, you know, that scene with Robin Williams right in the middle, yeah. um, where he's telling him it's not his, his, what he had been given and dealt is not his fault. Um, but it's his exploration of himself moving from like, I'm um, not good enough to do these things to That's a right. place of, um, really pure joy uh, as he he moves through that and some relationships and all that sort of stuff. So if you haven't seen the movie, it's fantastic. Um, Of course, uh, (laughs) maybe I'm just an emotional dude, but bring a box of tissues because there are a couple places where, uh, you know, you you might need to uh, um, sneak a tissue up to your cheek. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just fantastic writing, (laughs) fantastic acting. Uh, I'm sure most people remember this, but... um, uh, you know, this was Ben Affleck and Matt Damon's brainchild, right? Yeah, they were right. they were just kids, and they wrote the the screenplay, and so this is what started it all for for Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and uh, Robin Williams signed on to 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 be the the professor in the movie, and uh, it just came out of nowhere. Just a beautiful, well written, brilliant, yep. well acted movie. That's exactly right. So good, so good. So yeah. definitely, um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And if you have seen it, it's worth it's worth another watch. Um, it always, always is. Yeah. Uh, well, Stephen, um, I think that just about does it for this week's show. Um, we're so grateful uh, to our audience uh, and to folks who've joined us for this podcast. Yeah, and as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. This world is full of magical things, or maybe good things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week. <laughs>